No, there's there's times where like I've hit like either a really harsh blunt or like when I when when we do dabs or something, I cough a lot like to the point where I'll start like sweating sometimes because I'm coughing so hard. Right. And mom's like, why? <laughs> like, why are you doing this to yourself? You are, look at you right now. I was like, I know. <laughs> I was like, I know, but as soon as I can breathe again, I'm going to be hot. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole mess. But, you know, such is life. You got to deal with the crap to get to the good stuff. <laughs> what's up, what's up, my highness queens? We are back with another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. And this week we have my girl, Chef Keena, come through and uh, put a few in the air with us and talk about some good food, which, I mean, you can't go wrong with a blunt and a hot cooked meal. It's just, it's just not possible. But we talk about how she got her start, um, being a cannabis chef and a food photographer, among other things, and um, how her son's childhood friend actually sparked the interest that started it all. So sit back, let a blunt, maybe cook up a meal or something, I don't know. Get yourself hungry, because I was definitely hungry after the end of this episode. Like, I'm probably going to go get me a sandwich right now, because, you know, Cannabis and food is really, truly a thing. So, yeah, let's get into this episode. Let me introduce who came to smoke with me today. It's my girl, Highness Queen, host of The Antidote on YouTube, Chef Kina. And I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Um, her videos are amazing. You need to go watch them and like all of them like I did because it just makes you happy and it makes you hungry. And then those are good things to be. And then you get high and then you go eat. Yes. Yes. Um, so tell us about yourself. recovering account <laughs> that is that's my first world um i have been an accountant for a little over a decade um and i slowly was surely moving further and further away from doing that and um focusing on cannabis full time um i have always loved to cook and love to eat <laughs> definitely a foodie um i'm also a food photographer so um, I love all things food. I love all things um, herbal and natural and holistic and things like that. So I found a good marriage in what I do now with being able to do everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, I am um, married. I have been for a really long time. <laughs> I have two uh, wonderful kids. I have an 18-year-old and a 15-year-old. Uh, so they're both freshmen, one in college, one in high school. And uh, two insane dolls and cats. You got a full house. Indeed, indeed. God's a big, big house. Yeah, you got a full house, girl. Um, where are you from? I know you're on the East Coast. Um, yeah, I live in Georgia, but I'm born and raised in Chicago. 
Oh, wow. See, I, I didn't even know you were. I don't know why I thought you were in D.C. Maybe that was no. somebody else I was talking to. I, I, I realized, like, I have to start telling people time zones when I'm telling them, like, times and stuff. Because I'm so used to just being, you know, in California. And we all on the same time. Like, I only really talk to people in my state. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, was, I thought you were in um, D.C. But I love Georgia. I have family in Atlanta. I love going down there to visit. Um, yeah, it's great. You guys, it's so green. Everything's so, so green. It used to be, like, when we first moved here in 2012, like, that was what I fell in love with. I mean, I grew up in the concrete jungle. So coming here, it was like, oh, it's so nice. And I just, you know, being a nature girl, I was really excited to be here. But um, unfortunately, you know, population increases. Everybody ran to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and that pushed people in Atlanta further out to the suburbs. So what we're noticing is a ton of the trees getting Right. I remember the last time that I was out there was for my aunt's wedding. And I remember like realizing like your guys' freeways when there's too many. You have too many freeways. I don't understand how y'all keep those straight. I we went on like a thirty minute drive and hit like seven freeways. And I was like, I don't understand. How? Yeah, like every well maybe they're not all freeways, but you went on like a five to get to like a 17 to get to like to a 122 and yeah, then we went down yeah, to like yeah. a 52 i think or they're like no you gotta go 30 but i'm like no don't do that it was yeah that was super weird for us too when we moved here like we're from chicago so like you can get everywhere on the street or you can take the expressway so when we got here and it was like no matter what you put in the gps you always had to get on the highway it was like even if it was like 15 minutes away or 10 minutes away i'm like why is this made like this? It's so strange. But I mean, I guess I'm used to it now. But yeah, at home, it's not like that. I can be anywhere in the street. And yeah. when I'm in LA, it's just it's kind of the same. Like, you can get a lot of places on the street without having to get on like the 405 or something. Yes, absolutely. I avoid the freeway as much as possible. Because, uh, especially during traffic time, I don't like traffic. But what I realized about Georgia is that y'all kind of build your freeways. And I have no idea if this is why you have so many. Um, but y'all build y'all freeways around nature. We just go through shit. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, but yeah. It's like, it, it, yeah, it's true. It's kind of around it. So when you're driving, it seems like it's always a scenic kind of view when you're driving. Yeah. In Georgia, so maybe that's what they, I don't know what the rhyme or reason is. Cause like, it's not a grid system like in Chicago. Like, you can get anywhere. You know, you know that the lake is east. <laughs> too i was like well didn't we already pass this mm -hmm. i thought we were parkway street boulevard drive you're like why why it's so confusing but i loved it i loved you know seeing the scenery and seeing all the green but yeah that was one of the 
main things that like struck me. I was like, yeah, we just go straight through like easiest route, go straight through. If you got to knock down the trees, apparently they said knock them down. But in Georgia, there's a little bit more like, okay, maybe if we go around this group of trees and then we'll go around this group of trees. I'm like, oh, it feels like a maze. Exactly. But it's very pretty to look at. <laughs> yes. Um, that's awesome. That's that's so much stuff. You do so much. Um, <laughs> right. You have for to keep better, for better or worse. Exactly. You gotta keep busy. And you know, in this day and age you gotta make some money. You know, yeah, I definitely am a big proponent of multiple streams of income and a lot of people confuse multiple streams of income to me like, Oh, I gotta be like a plumber and a doctor and a secretary. And it's like, no, just find ways to monetize different aspects of what you already do, right? right. So for me, I work, you know, in the food industry, but I, I write, I do recipe development for people. I, you know, I'm a food photographer, so I still photography for people. Um, I'm a, I write and still, so like I said, I have a blog, but I also am a cookbook author, you know, and things like interacting pop-ups for uh, cannabis dinner parties and private events and stuff like that. So it's like, it's not that I'm doing a lot of different things, it's just finding different ways to monetize what you're already spending your time doing. Yeah, I love that. Um, you said you were a, what did you call it, a retired camp accounting or? Recovering. Recovering. <laughs> recovering <laughs> accountant. I'm hearing very much the, the accountant slash entrepreneur um, yeah. spirit and all of that. I love it. Um, I, that was going to be my major because I was like, uh, when I was going to college, I was like, you're always going to need somebody to count your money. So I feel like this is pretty yeah. much uh, like not recession proof, but damn near recession proof. Like even when shit yeah. hits the fan, you need somebody to count your money. Um, yeah, that's my logic. Like, I wanted to be um, a pediatric oncologist, actually. Oh, um, wow. I wanted to be a doctor since I was like seven. Um, and when I had my son, I was only 17, so I knew I was still going to college, but I just didn't feel like it was responsible to take eight years plus residency to go to school, and I had a whole kid mm-hmm. that I had to take care of, so I just kind of defaulted to what I'm good at, and it's math and science, so I was like, okay, I'll just become an accountant. So, <laughs> so I definitely didn't want to be an accountant, but it was the same logic of, like, everybody needs an accountant, right? Like, it doesn't matter what industry you want to work in or whatever, like, it's always going to be accounting and finance. So I double majored in accounting and finance, and that's what I started my career in, but it's really crazy how life works in full circle. Like, you know, I didn't become an MD, but I am a master herbalist, and I help people every day heal all kinds of ailments, not just cancer, through cannabis and other herbal medicines. So, you know, it all works out eventually, usually. Look, your destiny is your destiny, and the world is going right. is going to make it happen. Yeah. Yes, it's going to happen. Whatever is is, even if you try and turn left, if you needed to turn right, eventually life's going to turn you back right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's awesome. I am so happy that you were able to find a way to do the things that you love and that you've always wanted to do, um, and one, do it high. And, and two, like you found how to make it work for you. Like life is obviously not one size fits all. And so you just like have to figure out what's, what's going to get me to where I want to go and then do that. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, I just blinked out what I was going to say. I just lost it. It's gone. 
Man, this is pretty typical for me. This is my life. <laughs> it's gotten to the point where even my family's like, you forgot again, didn't you? <laughs> like, yeah, she got that look on her face. Um, so let's do uh, a quick a quick temp check. You know, how have you been? How's your week been? How's your mental health doing? <laughs> right? definitely understand that 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 it feels like you go from one extreme to the other sometimes like like you said it's these are all the things that I've been praying for and I have to remind myself when I get to those points where I'm like I am so busy like oh my god I just want to take a nap mm-hmm. and I'm like but I got this this and this <laughs> this to do and I'm like okay really do you really need a nap or do you just want to take a nap because you miss the days <laughs> when you could take a nap for no reason <laughs> Right, and I, and then I, that makes me think like you know, those days you you were praying for this, you were praying to be this busy, you were you were hoping to be in this position, and I you just have to remind yourself like, this is what I wanted, but it does feel like it went from one extreme to the other, like oh I had all the time in the world to nap, and this this was this was all but a dream, and now yeah, snap. <laughs> It takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And I'm like, oh, bless. Because, I mean, I've been in cannabis since 2015, 2016. And I'm like, nobody really knew who I was other than people who, like, followed me online. They followed my food photography before on Instagram. And, you know, I started doing my cooking show on YouTube three years ago. But really, I was kind of under the radar. I just did my writing, you know, high time and all these publications. But I was quiet about it. And I was just like, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm looked at this. There's that adjustment period, but it's a, it's a wonderful problem to have. It is a wonderful problem. Like you said, not complaining, but it is sleep is a thing and I would like to get to it. (laughs) Yes, is a thing. And I, and I would like to do that, (laughs) but when, (laughs) um, but that's awesome. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you are booked and busy and, you know, booked and busy in the things that you want to do. Like, I think that makes a huge difference than being booked and busy for somebody else's dream or for nine to five, you know, a regular, which there's nothing wrong with nine to fives. I have one myself, but being booked and busy for your own shit, 
is yeah, a completely different feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome. I wish you naps in the near future, <clears throat> but maybe productive naps. Like maybe while you're you're taking a nap, you're dreaming about your cookbook, and you wake you know, up. That's what I do for real. Like, yes. Food, like I, I always add sleep things because like it's not a dream. Like sometimes like I lucid dream anyway, but like. It's not a dream. Like, I know that I'm fully processing thoughts, and I'll wake up, and I'm, I'll have, like, a whole thing. Like, I fully slept, like, slept thought my cannabis pasta, and I woke up, and I just wrote it down, one, like, a year or two ago, whenever I started the process on it, because it's like, <laughs> like, I don't think, my brain is like, I don't know, it doesn't really, don't shut off. Rest, yeah, it doesn't shut off. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, when I'm meditating, I, I try so hard to, like, not let thoughts just be like, oh, this is more time to talk. Yes, it's it's not easy. Um, but I, I, I remembered what I was going to say before. Um, speaking of you being a food photographer, that makes so much sense. Because I'm like, God, her pictures of her food are just so beautiful. Like, it's just like, it's like one of the, I wish it was like a scratch and sniff picture or something because it just looks like it smells amazing. Really? They, millionaires, billionaires, you have, you can have all my money. Um, but I was also, when I was watching her videos, I was like, oh my God, her angles are perfect. (laughs) Like the angles that you get are perfect. I want to know how long it took you to set up or to figure out where to set up these cameras. Because I can tell you I have more than one. Um, but I'm like, she, this is prime shit oh, here. Because I, <laughs> I know how hard it is. I spent the other day, I was trying to take a picture of myself lighting a blunt. Girl. Mm-hmm. I was also high while I was trying to do it. So I don't know if that had any bearing on the how long um for a good 20 minutes never got it never got it and you had a remote like a bluetooth remote mm, no that helps a lot that's why i figured i was like i was just using my phone the arm or selfie stick type or you know it's easier with the remote because like you can kind of hide it in the palm of your hand and like pose how you want to be and then you just press the button and it'll make your camera or your phone I need to figure this out. I need to look into that because I was just trying to do it on my phone and I have like a pop socket on my on the back of my phone. So I was like, this should help me, right? This should be, it wasn't. It wasn't helpful at all. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so when I, and I think I had just had that ordeal like a day before I started watching all your videos and I was like, see, see, she knows what she's doing. You, you did not know what you were doing. <laughs> And look what happened. So, like, that was... Your angles are amazing. And I need to know how long that took you. For the food? Uh, for the, the... Well, no, the cameras when you're recording. Like, how did you... How long did it take you to figure out where to place the cameras so that you just... Everything is framed perfectly. Okay, so are you going to hate this answer? Oh, God. <laughs> but it's just a natural talent. I feel bad when I say oh. that. Because I... Because I, I I'm, a, I'm self-taught with basically everything I do other than being an accountant. Um, and I remember when I was in doing accounting, I wanted, it's 
Come out here and you tell me, or you know what, you go stand over there, and then I can figure out where I want it. But by myself, forever. Yeah, that's the most tiring part of like filming a show. Is that it's just me. So I'm like, I'm everybody. I'm lighting. I'm hair. I'm makeup. I'm the you know what I mean? Like I'm mm-hmm. the food stylist. I'm the photographer. I'm the host. I'm you know the production assistant. So and I'm the editor. It's just a lot. So it's a lot of work for something. It's really just kind of a labor of love. It's not like I get paid for YouTube. Right. It's a one-woman show, literally. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say that it is a show that I love. Um, I, I was like, I am hooked. And I'm again, and I am hungry. I watched the uh, tuna melt one. I really and the grilled cheese one because I love me good. <laughs> I love me. Yes, I love me a good grilled cheese. Um, and I bacon jam is a game changer. I wasn't saying I need to go find bacon jam now, because now I just I need to know. Seems like it shouldn't be that good, but it's so good. I need to know. And one thing I do love about the show is that everything is just. Like fresh ingredients. Yeah, I try to keep it really simple and really fresh. Like I, my mom always cooked from scratch when I was a kid, so I think it just was second nature. It wasn't like it was a thing. Um, so I really, when I had my son, I really wanted to learn how to cook because it was like I have a kid, like I have to make sure he's like healthy and all this stuff. So like, like when I went off to college, I took him with me, and I had like, I can't, what was it called? Family housing instead of like the dorms. So it was like these apartments where they were still on campus. Um, and I would just make all kinds of random stuff. I'd pull recipes off the internet. This is back when I'm old. It was back in the day when you know you had to print the recipe at the student center and then bring it back home. <laughs> there weren't any smartphones or yeah, barely a laptop. So yeah, I used to just make random stuff and try to learn how to cook. <laughs> so that he and I could be healthy. It just kind of develops over time. That you know, my mama always said, it's funny because she cooks from scratch, and I wouldn't say she cooks healthy, but now she always just designates 
like if you're at my house, you know, oh, you got it all in That sounds like me at my mom's house. I was gonna say, I wish I would have got that for my mom because I know how to cook, but I do not like to. Like every once in a while, I'll get the urge, like, oh, let me try this recipe. This is something I want to eat, but not often. <laughs> like I do not like to cook, and again, I will say I know how to cook. I have no problem making good food, but you gotta cook and you gotta chop stuff up, and then you gotta clean up afterward. Like, this is, it's a whole time. You know, no, I refuse. I am not the kitchen. Well, I'll clean up, like, my kitchen. Like, I worked in so many commercial kitchens that I have that clean-as-you-go mentality. So I don't ever have, like, a dirty kitchen. But I refuse to do dishes. So if I'm cooking, you doing dishes, and you putting the food away. I'm not, I'm done. Once, once I'm done, I'm out of here. I'm not doing that. That is hard when it's just you. <laughs> and that's the other yeah, thing. Exactly. Like, cooking for one person is actually very difficult. Like, I, I can see that, yeah. I throw away so much food when I do cook because I'm I can't eat it all, and I also, according to my mother, I don't know how to cook for even two people. She said you cook for That's an hard. army. If you like, ever, first of all, most recipes are for like four, six, eight servings. So you're like, this is just me. Right. It's hard to even go down to like two people or one person when you cook. I mean, I guess you could have the recipe, but technically, it's just it's difficult. Like. Like, I think that's why, like, old people, like, grandmas always got food at their house. Right. <laughs> because they, they used to cook it for everybody and just family. You come over there and it's like, yeah, it's some, it's some spaghetti in there. It's some cornbread in there. Exactly. Because, because the chicken, like, all that food. It, it just, and, and see, and I don't have a problem with leftovers, so I don't mind reheating food. I'm perfectly fine with that. But, you know, after eating day three of the same damn thing, yeah. you don't want it anymore. And then you let it sit for like another day or two, and now it's bad. You can't eat it no more. And so I'm like, I throw away so much food. <clears throat> so I, I have a, that's the luck I have about teenagers, and I had a teenage boy in my home, so nothing really went to waste. I understand. So, that. Yeah, I think about that all the time. It's like we are only three short years from being empty nesters, and I'm like, oh my lord, we just gonna end up eating out. <laughs> It is, it's very, actually very difficult. And like you said, you can have a recipe, but I'm not doing that. I don't want to, I don't like, they already gave me an instruction. And again, like you said, I'm very good at math. Like numbers just has always been something that just made sense to me. And so I'm good at math, but I don't want to, like, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to have to have it and cook it and clean up. Like you're putting more work. It's just more work. So I'm just going to do whatever the recipe says. Because then what if you get it wrong? Like, what if I'm I'm high all the time? What if my numbers are off and now everything is ruined? Because I have something wrong. I'd be so mad. <laughs> and who are you going to be mad at but yourself? Right. You can't be mad at nobody but yourself. Which is pointless. <laughs> it's, it's a mess. It's, it's truthfully a mess. But, you know, one day... <laughs> maybe I'll get into cooking on a usual basis we'll see um it'll probably be when I have kids just like you said that was yeah. kind of what spurred you to to be like okay we got to get this shit together because <laughs> there's a whole nother human <laughs> who I have to feed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe it'll be then we'll see keep your fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> <I'm crazy. laughs> 
Um, so uh, let's talk about what do you are you? Well, I know you're not smoking because I can see you. But um, <laughs> what do you do? You, did you have any edibles? What What is your your go to? tried and I'm not actually a wine really much a wine drinker I'll drink it every once in a while and there was this one that one of my old co-workers got me from North Carolina she would actually ship she buy it by the case and have them ship it to California and she would give me a bottle and it was a red wine I forget what it was called but it was a, a dessert wine and normally those are way way too sweet for me um okay. but this one was it was a very nice balance of Sweet and not with what is that? It's not sweet in wine. Bitter. Bitter. There we go. <laughs> yes. See, that's good. That's all right. Because <laughs> I wanted to say savory, and I was like, I don't think savory is the right word for <laughs> for, wine. for wine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like this perfect balance, and it was really good. Um, I don't talk to that coworker, no old coworker, no more. So I'm like, damn, I gave up my wine plug. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm, I. drank a lot in college. <laughs> <laughs> now I like barely drink at all. I will drink wine on occasion, uh, but it's crazy because I'm like, wine is my number one seller. Like everybody loves infused wine. I guess that mellow combination of a glass of wine and it being infused with cannabis is what gets people going. Wait, you have infused wine? Indeed. <laughs> Allegedly. How did I not know this? It's all over my Instagram. Is it the strawberry Moscato? That's a limited edition that I'm doing for like the Valentine's Day season, but um, I have like, you know, all the standard varieties all the time. Okay, this may be just due to. Uh, not reading on my part um, because yes I did see that but I just assumed that it was like a brand that you bought that you were highlighting no it's all me I make everything oh my gosh look at me I am not even giving you enough flowers like I need to be giving you more flowers right now I am so sorry ma'am I'm just assuming that this ain't you but this is you that is awesome yeah I'm, I'm a busy girl <laughs> yes. I'm like, I was literally packaging uh, brownies and I'm 
making pasta dough right now. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go talk. And then I was like, when we're done here, I'm going right back to make wine and pasta. Oh, my goodness. That is amazing. That is amazing. Um, I, I keep telling you, just keep getting better and better. <laughs> like fine wine, like cannabis wine. Right. You just keep getting better and better. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So, you know, the, what, what, um, I don't think I've ever met anybody in my life that has not smoked. And I feel like that is a, a, a badge that you should wear proudly. You have pretty much virgin lungs. And how many people can say that now? I mean, I, I tried to date, so they're not super virgin anymore. But yeah, I've never, yeah. I guess I just never was interested. Like when I was a kid, my mom smoked cigarettes, like a chain smoker, and I just thought, ew, that's gross. Like I think just smoking in general just never appealed to me because mm-hmm. I just thought like all of it was the same. Um, and then like I definitely was a product of like the '80s and '90s with like don't yeah. do drugs. <laughs> like, Oh, this is just, you know, racial 
propaganda and things like that have nothing to do with like the actual plant being bad. It was just used as, you know, a tool, a divisive tool, unfortunately. And it's such a just a giving plant. It it heals so many systems in the body. Um, it's, it's incredible. So it's really sad that it, it came under fire to use, you know, as a racial separator. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you makes you wonder like where would we have where would we be in terms of medical marijuana, let alone recreational or adult use marijuana, but just medical marijuana and like the research that could have been done all these years had it not been vilified, you know. Yeah. And and Absolutely. had the war on drugs not happened. I mean, there's so many other things that um we can talk about in terms of had the war not war on drugs not happened. But um, even just sticking to the research and medical aspect of it, like, look how fastly they came or how quickly they came up with um, different vaccines for COVID. If that type of dedication or even an eighth of that type of dedication was put into research for um, marijuana, where would we be? Oh my gosh, yeah, for sure. If we had cannabis research to the level at which we have all kinds of other research, I think we could safely consider ourselves having cures for many diseases. Yeah, I Just agree. Just because of the way that it works in your endocannabinoid system. I mean, yeah, I, if we took the time to synthesize and isolate some of these cannabinoids and, like, targeted them t- towards certain things, I mean, just, like... Cannabis's ability to shrink tumors alone, if you think about having super high concentrations under a medical uh, setting, what could that possibly do in mm-hmm. terms of cancer and then tumor you know, reduction and stuff like that? So, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that we spent the last 50, 100 years not researching the plant. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, normally my next question is... Um, tell us about your relationship with cannabis and why do you <laughs> consume um but i think we're we're kind of halfway there but like um i think i, I found the the what you said about your son's childhood friend had um a medical issue and that's kind of what spurred you into um looking into cannabis was that just your own research that you wanted to do or his family was saying hey this is what we're looking into the you know you ever heard yeah, it or like I, how'd I, that come I, about i didn't even know her family um, I just, he was so close to her. My son, maybe he just came and would tell me, you know, oh, she's sick again, or she's in school again, or she's out of school again, and stuff like that. So it just more sparked the curiosity. Uh, and like I said, like, for me, my deep, you know, desire was to be a pediatric oncologist. And for anybody listening who doesn't know what that is, that's a, a uh, cancer specialist for children. So for me, it just like dug right into my soul, like what I feel like I was put on the planet to be about it and then the conversation about cannabis coming up just made me interested and just like I did all the research just out of curiosity and at the time I owned a commercial bakery and when I would post like pictures of like my brownies and you know cookies and stuff and the stuff that we were getting into whole foods and stuff like people used to always DM me and ask me did it have weed in it and I used to be so offended absolutely not <laughs> you know, I was so irritated. Like I was so yeah, I was so irritated. And 
happened so often that I used to just always joke like, okay, you know, after like a couple years, I ended up closing the bakery, and I used to always joke that if, if I ever brought, they were called fudgies, brownies, if I ever brought fudgies back to the marketplace, they would be called fudgies, because <laughs> they would have weed in them, because everybody always asked if they were, like, animals, and I had no, I knew nothing about animals, never had done anything in my life, so I was like, what? Um, so it's kind of like, I guess I might have spoke that into existence in a way, mm-hmm. because, you know, the bakery was closed, and then I did all this research about cannabis, and I was really, you know, what disturbed me was the smoking aspect for a child. Like, I, you know, at the time, I wasn't um, super knowledgeable about all the, the delivery systems, you know, people, you know, using whatever, whether it be oil, or for the most part, everybody was smoking flour. So that really disturbed me, because I'm like, you know, if you're an adult, that's your business. But it really disturbed me that, like, elderly people, people with, you know, compromised lung conditions and children only had, like, this option. And then I did learn about, like, cannabis oil and SRO or RSO and <laughs> uh, stuff like that. And I was like, well, okay, I guess. But that's nasty. It don't taste good. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to get a kid to take stuff like that. Uh, so I really started to dig in with how could I learn to convert all of those recipes from my bakery into cannabis edibles recipes. So that is actually how my cookbook was born because I just, I I did all this research and I learned how to, you know, that cannabis was fat soluble um, and and basically that it was really perfectly matched for like baked goods and things like that. So when I taught myself how to infuse food um, with cannabis, that's when I converted all of the recipes to cannabis recipe, and then uh, I wrote the cookbook. So if you know, I self-published it, and I just put it out, you know, because I figured this can't be the only family who could benefit from learning how to convert the flour that they have on hand to actual food for you know themselves or their children or uh, elderly you know parents or whomever they were a caretaker of uh, food. So that's kind of I just kind of got accidentally put into the cannabis industry. It wasn't I had no intention of being like in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did it as more of a, like a passion project, something I was really interested in, and I thought it could be really helpful to people to know how to cook with cannabis, you know. And after I did that, cannabis forced me into <laughs> the industry because people assumed, after I wrote the book, that I sold edibles, that I did all these things, and I was like, I'm an accountant. <laughs> 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 so it was so weird. And being an entrepreneur I am, and a girl who loves to make coins, and like, if I don't have any other vices, but making money is probably it. <laughs> so, like, when people would ask me, like, do you make edibles? Do you sell edibles? Do you do dinner parties? Do you do this and that? And I just go, yeah! And <laughs> I would just, you know, reverse engineer the recipes, see how much my food cost was. So I already knew that stuff from owning a commercial bakery. Um, and I would come up with pricing structures and come up with different recipes, and I started, you know, making stuff and, and helping people out. So it just kind of pushed me into the industry, but it wasn't intentional. That's awesome, though. So, like, I didn't even, <clears throat> um, again, assuming shit, um, I just assumed that you did the cookbook after you started doing the edibles. Um but I, I kind of love that you did the cookbook first and it was just like this thing, like, okay, I want to help in my own way, like a way that I, yeah. how can I contribute to making the lives better of other people? 
And I absolutely love that. I think that that is the type of energy that we need in this world. And that is the type of consideration that will make us be united, especially in our community. Um, How can I help you? How can I take what I am naturally given, my God-given talents, and help somebody else? So oh, that makes me love you even more. <laughs> My gosh, that is so amazing. Um, and that's what I say, life becomes full circle. And, I, you know, it's hard when you're in the midst of something to be like, oh, it'll happen in its right timing and all that. But that is really true because, like I said, I became an accountant because it felt responsible and like the right thing to do at the time. And I don't know that I ever believed that I would circle back other than maybe going back to med school one day and like be able to truly like help heal people. Um, except learning, you know, ha- having my camera be something that was supposed to be an outlet and then becoming a commercial food photographer. And I've shot for different publications and high times and cannabis brands and restaurants in, in Atlanta. And it's like, that was never my intention um, at all. And to have kind of turned all those things into a business, and they all have culminated to really help spread the message, like for cannabis. So, like, I, when I wrote my cookbook, I self published it, I photographed every picture in the, the cookbook. But things just kind of come around full circle, and you don't really know why, they don't really make sense separately, but then something, something just comes together, and you're like, huh, that makes a lot of sense. Right, <laughs> this feels sense. right. Yeah, like if I didn't have these individual skills, then I wouldn't have been able to do this one big thing. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of uh, believing that thing, you know, your destiny is meant for you, <clears throat> let's get into our high blessings. Uh, <clears throat> um, the daily, well, not daily, because this video, this show don't come out daily, but the <laughs> affirmations um, for us. I'm really trying to uh, learn to speak positivity into myself so that um, I can see things in a more positive way. I really feel like the way that you speak to yourself is what shapes your thoughts. Um, And there's enough negativity going on in the world. I don't need it going on in my head either or two. Um, So, yeah. So let's your high blessings, um, our, our affirmations. For the episode, did you want to go first, or did you want to? Did you want me to go first? I, I can't. I mean, mine. It, it, I won't say it changes. It's the same message, but I think it kind of is catered to how I feel on any given day. Um, I grew up really poor, so um, I have dealt with kind of an idea of scarcity as opposed to. Um, abundance and prosperity as like a natural way of being so I really speak um, that into myself as much as possible so um, even if it's not just like an actual meditation and it's just a moment to myself I repeat like you know good I am statements because you know they always say that the thing that follows I am you have to be careful with those things because those are things that you're speaking directly into your soul so I'm like I make sure that I am brilliant I am smart, I am creative, um, I am wealthy, I am abundant, you know, I am in demand, I, you know, I just speak all these things into myself that I want, uh, whether you believe it or not yet, just speak those things to yourself, and at one point, they will become a part of you, you won't be able to separate yourself from those 
statements because they will then become your beliefs. Um, and I'm a big proponent, uh, and I mean, obviously I'm a photographer, but like I'm a visual person. So in addition to those statements, I like to close my eyes and like literally visualize myself in these places where I want to be. So like I am healthy, I am strong, I am resilient. And like how do you actually see yourself show up in the world as those things? Um, and it just really helps me. Like I find myself in meditation with a huge smile on my face because I'm finding gratitude for these things that haven't yet happened, but I've gotten to the point where the visualization is so strong and the affirmation is so strong that it feels like I'm there already. So I think that's really important. Yeah. I agree. And I love it and I, I... I am working on doing more of those I am statements because they are very, very powerful. Um, so yeah, I agree with everything you're saying and I want I want to affirm those things for you as well. Um, my high blessing is um, authenticity over perfection. Um, being a perfectionist is one of my biggest hurdles. Uh, there are times where it actually, it, it stops me from doing a lot of things. Um, well, I stop myself, but it, it comes from perfectionism. Um, and so I've lately, I've been really trying to tell myself, like, it, it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be authentic. And yeah. if it is, then you're good to go. You don't. Because trying to reach for perfection, you're always going to be let down. You're always going to be searching for something more. Because nothing is perfect. No one is perfect. Um, yeah, for sure. So I think that's my my affirmation for right or today, this episode, all of that, is <laughs> authenticity over perfection. Right. And my husband always says, I don't know where he got it from, but that perfection isn't profitable and it's so true like I don't know if you've ever read the book The Four Agreements but like one of them is to do your best and um and I always add to that nothing more nothing less because if I've given what I have then that it, it has to be enough There's, it doesn't matter like it, one way or the other it has to be enough and searching for you know, imperfections that you can consistently iron out is not a profitable way to use your time or your resources because perfection is unattainable and you've just wasted more energy than you necessarily need trying to get to something that you're not going to be able to accomplish anyway. So now you're overusing your, your resources of time and energy on something that at some point has a, a top out in terms of what it is return on investment for you. Um, and just do your best. Bring that to the table and be comfortable with that. And you only, you know, only you know if you did or didn't bring your best. But if you did, then walk away in peace from whatever the project is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because uh, my job, there's like a, there's a number that we're supposed to hit every day. And I have other uh, team members who are like, oh, I'm worried. I'm not hitting my numbers. I'm not hitting my numbers. And I'm like, but did you do your best? Did you do what you absolutely could? Like, did you did you spend every moment trying to do trying to get to that number? And if you did, then you can't ask for more. You can't give more than you're physically able to give. If you gave everything you're physically able to do, then be happy with that. And it's amazing how um, 
easy and how logical that is when I'm talking to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But when I'm talking to myself, those thoughts never actually enter my mind. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so I'm like, okay, we're going to start learning to take, maybe take our own advice. Uh, maybe. Cause you know, I think I'm kind of smart. Duh. <laughs> Because that's how you, I am famous. I am smart. I am brilliant. I am intelligent. Yes, all of those. <laughs> I love them all. You know, I forgot to, um, we got on the Merlot and I got distracted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to say what I'm smoking today. So um, just real quick, I ha- I took a kind pill. So I wanted to, I was like, this is the edible queen. Like I need to go get me some edibles um, for this episode. But I have not uh, had an edible in in quite a while and so I was like "Mm, now is not the time to (laughs) figure out (laughs) if my body still likes edibles like we got shit to do and I got shit to do after this so we're not (laughs) so we're not gonna we're not gonna go try anything new today um so I was like well I'll just I'll just take my my kind pills because that's like I'm still eating something I guess Actually, yeah, pills and tinctures, they all fall under the edible umbrella. Yes, so, so. <laughs> that's what I, I took one of those, like, right before we got on the call. Um, it is definitely kicking in um, or being kicked in. I love these pills. They're absolutely amazing. Um, what is it? Is it kind? Yeah, so they're, this is what it looks like. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they're, um, like, little... Little interesting. Mm-hmm. Pills. So that, is there oil inside the capsule? Um, I don't know. I don't. Oh, I think. I, I think so. I know that the, the like, capsule is. My brain is like, um, how did cannabis Yeah. The, the I know that the the outside is just a gelatin capsule. Um, and then the inside, it says, because it says you the ingredients, virgin coconut oil and cannabis. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. it's oil-based. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And um, I love them. They ha- th- This one is 30 milligrams per cap. Yeah. Per cap. And um, I'm learning to try and, and learn my dosage because I have overdosed. Not... Not on these ones, um, but the indica ones that they have. Oh, girl, I, <laughs> the room was spinning. Oh, <laughs> And I was just like, and, I, and it's their indica, which normally knocks me out, and I couldn't go to sleep. And I was like, this you need is, CBD to balance that out. Right, this was before I figured out what CBD does. So I was like, <laughs> and when I did, when I found that out, that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, damn, that night I couldn't sleep. That would have been great to know. Because <laughs> like, yeah. I was going through it. <laughs> um, so now I've learned I take one at a time. I mean, even more like one a day. Because even if it wears off, I'm like, nah, we'll just wait till tomorrow. <laughs> Um, but yeah. they they are they're really good. And then um, I rolled a uh, king palm with some I don't know what this is. I asked the guy Rollins. That's what it is. Rollins from Floor Cow. I asked the guy I was like I need something that's gonna help me focus because my mind is been all over the place and I got shit to do. 
I need to be able to sit down and focus on what it is I'm doing. And he's like, okay, this is what you want. And I will admit, I have been able to sit down and focus on the things that I've been doing. So I don't, I don't know why. I don't know like what is in it that's making me focus, um, which I think I want to start like learning more about like what terpenes and what. I was just going to say, it's probably the terpene profile. Yeah. Like which, what, which ones my endocannabinoid system enjoys. Um, Yeah. But it did work. That's all I know. I was I was in a rush. I was like, I don't have time to talk to you about this. Give me something that's gonna work and make you focus. And then I gotta go. We'll be back later. Um. So yeah, that's what I'm smoking. Um. And I think that brings us to our blunt talk, which you know we kind of already been talking about here, and it's really just cooking with cannabis. And um. Again, I am not a cooker. I am not a baker. I am not any of those things that involve the kitchen. I do not like doing that. Okay. Um, but I do think it is quite interesting. Um, and I love to eat things <laughs> with cannabis. <laughs> so I was like, this sounds fun. We need to we need to talk to this lady. And um, and like I said, your videos are so enjoyable and so uh just energetic and just just fun like you just I was like I feel like if she had a show I need you need a show like Martha and Snoop that's what I mean that's what I'm working on let's see what happens that's what you need (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes because I was I was watching I was like she needs to be on more than just YouTube because this is amazing especially as more states become legal like there's so many people who can use guidance on how to make proper edibles Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm um, and like I said, your camera angles are great. And I also like that they're, <laughs> rel- they're relatively short uh, episodes. They used to be so much shorter. I don't know what happened. Like, it seems like they've gotten longer and longer. It's not intentional. But it's like, they used to be like, like when you go back to season one, I had like four minute videos, five minute videos. And like, now they're like 17 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, Tina, are you talking too much? <laughs> no, but I love it. And you know, um, me personally, I would, like for for cooking stuff, I do look for the longer videos just because I, if I'm gonna spend my time to watch it, I need to make sure I'm doing everything right. And so I just yeah. feel like though if you the longer the video is, the more you're 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 breaking down the information to me. But that's just me yeah. personally. But I also think that um, it gives more time for your personality to shine through, which is like really what pulled me into watching like I said I went down a rabbit hole <laughs> watching your videos um and I think your the personality and just like seeing your reactions that's really what brought me into it but I think the longer videos are you know they're not hurting you they're not hurting you <laughs> yeah I, mean, and I think I'm a visual learner so I really would hate to cut like the zoom in on the actual like food like the cooking process like I think for me that would, if it were me it would help me Mm-hmm. Like, not just tell me, like, oh, do it this way or cut it this way. Like, show me. <laughs> I need to see it. I will and say, every time I see you cutting something, I know you're a professional. My anxiety just starts raising because I'm like, oh, please don't cut yourself. <laughs> please don't cut yourself. Because <laughs> I know, I like I said, I know you're a professional, but I am not. And so anytime I see somebody cutting that close to their hand, I just, I picture it going horribly wrong. 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh, please don't hurt yourself. Please don't do it. You need more edibles if you got that kind of anxiety. Are you right? Girl. <laughs> Girl. Look. Just know if I ever cut my finger off, I will not post that. Anymore. I thought about that afterwards. <laughs> like after this, like well, I think even if she did, I think she would probably cut it out, Jasmine. So maybe. Yeah. Just do. When I've been cut before. I think it was. I remember when I first got into the food business. Like they, everybody kept saying, like you will be burned and you will cut yourself. And like just, just, just like accept it. Like, so, like <laughs> and I'm like, hell no, I won't. Because I'm like, I, like, I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to do that. I I'll take my time. And yeah, I got my stripes like everybody else. You know, like I definitely, it don't matter if you use a cut glove or whatever. Somehow, I don't know, like it just happens. I think when you just high production and using a lot of, making a lot of food, it just it happens. So yes, I have been burned a couple times. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same. I I I don't want to be hurt. Um, <laughs> and I have cut myself before. I was trying to actually, I was trying to cut a Gatorade bottle in half. Okay. Yeah, them bottles are indestructible. Let me tell you, I don't know what kind of plastic them bottles are made out of because <laughs> I sure did almost cut my finger off, but that bottle does not have a fucking dent in it, not at all. It was ridiculous. It it very much was. Um. But yeah, so ever since then, I've been terrified of knives. <laughs> like I'll use a knife, but I don't like big knives, and and I don't like, and I cut very slowly, <laughs> very slowly. <laughs> A better slow and safe than trying to go fast and fancy. Oh lord, and, and still having a finger. Right there, you go. Because I was, I'm telling you, I was ninety nine percent sure. I'm also very dramatic. I don't deal with pain well. <laughs> So I, I will preface this with that. Um, but I was about 99% sure they was going to have to amputate my finger. I was like, it's gone. It's just gone. My mom's like, you're fine. You're fine. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> um, so tell us uh, more about how your your show came to be. Um, how'd you come up with the name? How'd you get it started? How long have you had it? All the good stuff. Uh, my show launched on my birthday two years, three years ago, um, with my favorite food ever, which is mac and cheese. It was the first episode. <gasps> Me too! <laughs> I love mac and cheese. My first episode of mac and cheese was like my favorite food. So I was like, you gotta, you gotta be mac and cheese. Um, I, just, <laughs> I honestly don't remember why I did a YouTube channel. Like, I genuinely have no idea. It was so long ago. I, I don't know. I guess I just wanted <laughs> like another way to share recipes with people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the catalyst was to do a, a, a YouTube show. But, I mean, I had all the equipment already because of all of my photography work. So I had all the lighting and all the cameras. Um, and I knew how to edit video. So I, I, I don't know. I guess I just... I decided I wanted to be on YouTube, which is such a strange thing for me because the people watch my show and they think, I've heard, I'm only going back to people who told me they think of me, but it's just like, oh, you seem so bubbly and fun and like, like you would be fun to be over your house and I want to come over and eat. And I'm like, nobody would know that I'm like a huge introvert. <laughs> like, super introvert. Uh, so I don't, I have no idea what possessed me to do a 
I don't know what made me do a YouTube show. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I did it. it you know, another way to teach people how to cook with cannabis, I mean, I think it's important, especially if, if we can learn the benefits of cannabis and learning how to, you know, infuse whatever you would like to eat with it is the most empowering thing in my perspective. Like, it's one thing to go to a dispensary and it's like, okay, it's got, you know, cookies and chocolates and mints and gum, but, you know, maybe a brownie, but, like, ultimately, we eat regular foods every day. We eat ethnic foods, cultural things that are specific to us, family recipes. So learning how to cook with cannabis really empowers you to put cannabis in what you like to eat, not what somebody at a manufacturing facility says is easy to make, cheap to make, and shelf-stable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I really wanted to empower people to be able to medicate themselves um, in a delicious way. So that is, you know, ultimately why I do the show. Um, the name of the show, which I rarely say anymore now that we're in season three, um, is called The Antidote. And um, an antidote just means like a remedy um, or, you know, a medical remedy that um, heals an ailment or illness. And I think food and cannabis are truly um, an antidote. You know, food can be an antidote just to your soul. Think about how we eat ice cream or chocolate when we're feeling sad or down or whatever. Uh, how, you know, sitting around a table with our family and friends to have a meal is soothing to the soul and really can bring your mood to a good place. And then, you know, and cannabis has those same you know, potential, and then from a medical standpoint, it absolutely is a specific antidote to so many different um, ailments and illnesses and diseases. So uh, the name of the show really is an homage to, you know, how food and cannabis uh, separately are a treatment for the soul, and then together, they're just wonderful. So that's how I came up with that, and that's what, um, that it'll be the, the title of my second cookbook as well. It'll be the antidote cookbook. So it'll be a lot of those recipes from the show, uh, plus some more that'll be in the second season. I love that. I feel like you put a lot of um, of you into <laughs> your brand. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and in the brand and the name and all that. Yeah. And I I completely agree with the people who would say like, yeah, I feel like we could be friends. Like watching your videos, like you just feel like. Oh, I want to go hang out with her. I want to go. I'll go, look. I don't like cooking. I'll go cook with her. Because <laughs> you just you just feel like a friend, like a nice like. I would love to have you as a neighbor. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and that's what I want. I want cannabis to be like really approachable. So I heard you say that you had a bakery before. Um, so yeah. did you go to culinary school or bake? Is it is culinary and bakery school the same thing, or are these two different things? Um, culinary, well, you can become a pastry chef in culinary school. Um, you can kind of go like the traditional route, um, or you can go like the pastry route. So it's like a split when you're in culinary school, like which way you want to go. Um, but I did not go to culinary school. I went, I remember I went to a report on blue, um, orientation because I was thinking about pivoting my career. Um, and then I was just like, I don't want to spend 25000 more dollars. I'm already in a ton of food loan debt. So I, so yeah, I didn't end up doing that. So as with all my other thousand jobs, I am self-taught. That <laughs> so, is amazing. So I started um, again for fun. I don't know. Maybe that's what's wrong when you're like an entrepreneur. It's such a thing as fun. Like entrepreneurs need to let go of the illusion they can have hobbies. 
because once you get good at that hobby, it, you want to make money off of it. I think it's just in the DNA. <laughs> you know, I, I think I that is a very interesting uh, outlook, <laughs> and I, I agree. Like, it's true, like why you, even give yourself the illusion?
doing a commercial bakery where I made like natural and organic baked goods. So like we had blondies and brownies and cookies um, and stuff like that. And that's how we got into Whole Foods and um, Amazon and stuff is because, you know, it's kind of like before its time, like really high quality ingredients and organic everything um, to be baked goods. So yeah, it's like it, all of our businesses are on accident. <laughs> Which is probably why I'm so nervous about this business plan that I'm working on right now because it's not like an accidental business. <laughs> like it's something that I'm really focused on, I'm really excited about and like I'm gonna like I usually do everything myself but this time around I'll be looking for investors and stuff like that. So I'm a little nervous but like everything else I just kinda fell into. Yeah, but I think I think if you fell into everything else, it, it, it was building you to this point. So yeah. it, was, it was building you to the confidence like, okay, if I can do all these things and be successful and I just fall into it, imagine what I can do <laughs> when I'm actually, you know, when sitting, I'm when I'm trying, when I'm putting, you know, my, being on my P's and Q's. Is that, the, is that yeah. the saying? Are those the letters, P's and Q's? And what do those letters stand for? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What's Make it up percentages and quotients. There we go. You should be on. I feel like those are things you should be on, when, especially in the business, right? Look, I heard straight accounting when you answered that question. I just want you to know that, like, your accountant <laughs> is showing right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I love the organicness of you know, your, your story and how you got here. Um, and I think that, like I said, I think that if you can do all those things organically, just imagine what you can do when you are sitting down and making a plan. Yeah. I am a planner. I cannot do anything without a plan. Um, it is, I don't, I think it's a positive, but it does have its moments where it can be a negative. So I think, I think that anytime you have a plan, you are planning to succeed. Okay. Yeah. So. Just I also have that. analysis paralysis. Oh, you know, that's where I get stuck. I haven't heard that before, but I, when you said it, I felt it. And I was like, she talk about you. She talk about you. Um, but that's amazing. I love all self-talk too. Um, one of my very first businesses that I set up uh, was being a makeup artist and I was all self-taught and the pride I felt in telling people, they're like, oh, you're so good. Where did you go? <laughs> I went to YouTube University and then I just tried things <laughs> and then I just figured it out. Like the pride that I got in that, it, it was amazing. Um, because it is, it is hard to be self-taught in a lot of things, like a lot of things the information's out there, but to really sit down and take the time to figure it out on your own, that's work. It's extra work. Yeah. So that is awesome. Um, how do you how do you come up with your your recipes and like what goes into the cookbooks and all of that? Well, I so said the first cookbook was all of my recipes from my bakery. Um, so it's, so the first cookbook is all dessert, <laughs> ice cream. It's cakes and cookies and cheesecake and uh, pies and all kinds of stuff in the first uh, first cookbook, which has been out since 2016 on Amazon, uh, called Cannabis Creations Beyond the Brownie. 
And, you know, there is a brownie recipe in there. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, that one just came from my bakery. I just took all these um, recipes that I've created a long time ago and infused them. But this, the new cookbook that'll be out sometime this year is really like comfort food because, like, I don't, I get so many people at this point, you know, because I've been in the industry so long, call me Chef Tina. I don't, I don't reject the term chef, but I like, I'm just not like a cooking with tweezers and, you know, like putting foam loose on stuff kind of person. Like, cause, I mean, I've seen some beautiful food that didn't taste like anything. And I'm all about flavor and also presentation. So it should look beautiful, but it should match what you see on the plate. And like, for me, I think relatable food is more important than like fancy food. Like there's so many of us who've never been to a five-star restaurant or who will never go to a Michelin-star restaurant where we eat regular food every single day, three to five times a day, you know, with meals and snacks. And like that is kind of like my food spot. That's where I'm comfortable. Um, I like to make, you know, fun, relatable uh, comfort food. So that's kind of what I'm always thinking about when I'm, writing recipes for my site or when I'm deciding what to make on the show uh, and then the same thing about what will end up in the cookbook is because it's like what do people want to eat you know what I'm saying like again I don't want to be the person that's telling people what they should eat because so they can get to, to edibles I want to know what you like to eat and then we, it's my job to figure out how to get cannabis into it um, and that's always what I tell people when I'm doing like a consultation for a private dinner party and they're like okay so what what did you make? And I'm like, everything. <laughs> so I'm like, no, tell me what is your, like, you know, bucket list dinner that you want to have, and then it's my job to reverse engineer that and figure out how to get cannabis into it. So I always look at it from the perspective of, like, what people like to eat. Um, I did do uh, a survey at the end of last year with people who are, like, on my email list, people who've been rocking with me for a really long time to see, like, what people want to see in a cookbook, um, and it was pretty tried and true, right, it was just, like, pizza, and ice cream, popcorn, like, really things that make people feel good, um, reasons to kind of gather around, I mean, cannabis is a social plant in general, so, I mean, like, party foods, and appetizers, and, uh, Thanksgiving foods, all that kind of stuff, I think, is really important to be able to share from an edible standpoint, so that's usually kind of how I decide what I'm going to be working on. I just got so hungry. <laughs> yes, I just got so hungry. And then when you're like talking about uh, when people ask you like, what can you make? You're like, no, you tell me. So I immediately started thinking about like, well, what would be mine? I think I would yeah. do surf, surf and turf. Three course dinner <laughs> yeah, like surf and turf with peach cobbler. Oh, and like a really good, um, maybe Arnold Palmer. Oh, that's just southern stuff right there. <laughs> like I didn't know nothing about Arnold Palmer until I came to Georgia. Well, so and that's the thing. Look, I live in California my whole life, but <laughs> I have always loved lemonade and I have always loved tea, and I can never decide which one. And so I, before I even knew what an Arnold Palmer were, I used to make them when I was little. Cause just because I was too indecisive to make a decision. Yeah. And we have both, so I'm going to drink both. And 
And then when I got older, I was like, wait, this is a thing? This is an actual thing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know yeah. What's funny about that? My sister talks about that all the time. We were teenagers. We probably were like 13, 14. And I used to make, what do I, what do I used to call it? I don't know, a pancake burger, something like that. So I used to make pancakes, and then I would make a hamburger, season it up for good, and then I would, like, make a burger out of it with the patties, you know, the bread with, with pancakes on top and bottom, the syrup and everything. And we used to bang those things. And then years later, McDonald's came out. I would out say the McGriddle. <laughs> and my sister was like, yeah, Describing it, I was like, that sounds like a new group. I'm sitting here trying to think, like, what are savory snacks? I mean, yeah. you, like, besides popcorn, ketchup, pretzels. Ooh, infused popcorn. I just did, well, see, there was still sweet, though, but I just did some um, salted caramel popcorn, infused salted caramel popcorn, or so stone. They are a cannabis publication. So it was like a special project. I created a recipe for them, and that's what I made. Yeah, that sounds awesome. My um, one of my coworkers, um, she makes this like seasoning, this savory seasoning that she puts on her popcorn. It is amazing, and I just like that with in, infused. Oh, but you know yeah, what? She could totally do that. Like, you had like the um, like the water soluble like distillate powder. Like, uh, what is that brand? Ripple. Like, you can use that, or you could even use. Decarb yeast and put that in your seasoning mix and then like you stick it to something. Man, I'm gonna have to tell you need to figure this out, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's a couple of these, um, seasoning brands out there, like cannabis seasoning brands. Really? I, mean, I know Chef, Chef Layton, uh, his name, he has a cannabis seasoning brand. And then a lady I met on Clubhouse, 
told me she has a cannabis seasoning where I think she's going to send me some. If she does, I'll do it next post so people can know about her. But, yeah, that, I didn't even... The ideas that, that our people come up with, I just love it so much. Um, yeah. I would have never even thought about cannabis seasoning. Um, we can do it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I've, been, I've been selling coffee, cannabis, uh, maple syrup, and hot sauce for years. That's awesome. I'm probably gonna order some. I love hot sauce. I have a <laughs> I have a collection of hot sauce in my kitchen. Like no lie, I have like ten different hot sauces in my kitchen right now. And you don't have a cannabis hot sauce? No, I didn't even know it was a thing. Oh, but it will be now. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. So look at my order coming soon. <laughs> like like I get paid in a few days. <laughs> so um, I cause I I I will fry up some chicken, yeah, and throw that hot sauce on there. I used to make a cannabis barbecue sauce too, uh, and I know some people who they did like the Fourth of July barbecue, and they was like, "We was lit." <laughs> <laughs> I am very excited about this. I am very excited. Like, yeah, people got to start doing like some juicy cannabis barbecue. Yes, yes, absolutely, oh, absolutely. Um, I, oh my God, I'm just like a. I don't know, COVID might not be going yet. Next year. Next year. I'm planning everything I want to do. I'm planning for 2022. Because I refuse to believe that we will not have gotten it together by then. I'm giving us this year too. I'm gonna I mean I'm still pushing forward, getting everything done, you know, I wanna do to set me up for 2022. But that's when I'm planning my stuff because I think I think it may be you know, especially the summer of 2022. Everybody's gonna be so happy to be outside. Oh my God, it's gonna be my birthday. When is your birthday? I'm August, I'm in August. Okay. I'm a Leo. My birthday is in 11 days. So. Uh-oh, happy early birthday. Pisces gang, thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, I'll be on your coast. I won't be in California, but I'll be on your coast for my birthday. Yeah, that's up. where are you doing? I'm going to Sedona, Arizona. Oh, I for some relaxation and fun. Uh, it was supposed to be like real low-key, but now like a lot of people are coming. So I think it's going to be lit. It's going to be fun. <laughs> like my mama going to come. And like all of us live in different places now. So like that's fun. Like we all fly into somewhere different. Yeah. And you like you said, you've been uh, ripping and running, booked and busy. So that'll be good to be able to like relax, especially for your birthday and with family yeah. and all that. See, <laughs> look, we know it's your birthday, but you got the goods. <laughs> that sounds like me. That sounds like that would be me. I understand her. Uh, that's hilarious. No, but you know, um, Speaking of savory things, I saw I, one of the videos that I watched was the, um, was it Mahi Mahi that you made? It was oh, the fish. Yeah, that, uh, lemon yes. Pie. I was like, oh, oh, I need to try this. Because this looks great. That was a black owned company that made that seasoning. And I'm like, see, if they had, would have had the seasoning. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it was, um, I subscribed to this description um, box called Ujama Box. So it's all black owned brands in the box. So every, Quarter, like you get all these different kind of things that are all from black-owned businesses. So that was in there, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna put this on the show because I'm here for the cooking and the seasoning." 
Yes, okay. that's amazing. Um, I was like, I need to go find some fish because I recently, <laughs> I, I recently been on like a searing kick with my fish. Um, so I like see, uh, pan seared some salmon um, and I didn't quite get it right. Um, so I was like, I would like to try the mahi mahi and then, you know, anything that's infused makes me happy. So. Yeah, salmon, even though it's a thicker fish, it can still break and flake. Like mahi is like, it's almost like the steak of fish. It's very meaty, mm-hmm. but it can handle like a high heat sear really well. But I just made some um, seared scallops the other day. And, oh, that sounds amazing. Okay. That sounds so good. Um, so what are, what are a few of your biggest, like, this was not it recipes? Like, what have been some of, like, some of yours where, like, you take that first bite and it's like, mm, this went so much better in my head. You know, it's funny, because they aren't, the two aren't my recipes, which maybe is a sign, but, like, I hate to slam so yummy because I love the videos on so yummy. Like they make me feel like I can make all this stuff. And the first one, I didn't do a video. It was just me and my daughter. So it was supposed to be like these fudgy brownies that like apparently you could take cake mix and um, a pint of ice cream and just literally nothing else. Like no, no butter, no eggs, nothing. And put them together and then like, you know, milk the ice cream. And then, like, put it in there, mix it up like you would the batter, and then, like, bake it, and it would make like, these amazing brownies. Uh, it was terrible. Like, we tried it twice. We tried it with two different brands of cake mix and two different types of ice cream. It was not good. Mm-hmm. And I was just so sad because it, the video made it like it was going to be amazing, and it was a hard fail. So then. <laughs> Wait, so I need to know what it brownies. tasted like. When you say that, like in theory, it should work, right? Because it has everything. my question <laughs> when you said twice i was like but why this question actually. But it, but it made sense. 
Right. Like, okay, you roll it out, and then like you said, so I was like, okay, I'll take some infused brownie batter, smear that on there, roll it up. Like, I'm with it. I'm like, yeah, this makes all the sense in the world. This is going to come out amazing. <sighs> mm-hmm. No. No, they lied. First of all, when you go on their site, like the recipe says, like, keep it in the freezer for like 30 minutes. Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> because in 30 minutes, like, the actual batter in the middle was still like room temperature. It ain't nothing wrong with my freezer. So I'm like, maybe you need like overnight. Like, if you would really like sit overnight and you're like super hard, then maybe it would have worked. But like, it never got hard. So every time I cut it, it oozed out the roll. And like, when they bake, it all bakes like these crazy shapes. It was the most ridiculous thing. And I was like, so yummy out here lying. Like, I, I can binge watch like food videos on YouTube and like so many other people have said the so yummy videos are live and they're not real. <laughs> like they're, they're, like they're entertainment on But like as somebody who cooks, I look at the video and I'm like, but they make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they mm-hmm. make sense. So I'm like, maybe it's user error and I can do it. No man. No man. We're over two. Okay? It's so yummy. So now I'm like they really are like entertainment on because I'm not going to make any more so yummy recipes. Because, mm-mm. Well, maybe. my time and my money twice. <laughs> well, maybe if it's like uh, a savory recipe, not like a dessert recipe. Because, like you said, in theory, those both of those things I would think would work. But um, also, when they didn't work and like how you describe what happened, I also understand how you got there too. Like, I can understand. <laughs> why cake mix and ice cream would be like play-doh yeah but i also understand why why like i would have thought it would work too yeah yeah so i don't know i don't think i'm gonna try it again maybe we'll see it's like maybe some random savory one comes up that i'm like oh it's gonna have to be amazing they are not on they are not on my happy list right now it's gonna have to be impressive okay so both the so yummy recipes were the worst recipes. What were yeah, the top two? Ooh, oh, there's been so many good ones. It's hard to ask a foodie. <laughs> right. Like, like, my favorite thing, well, my favorite dessert is like chocolate mochi cake. So that, so yeah, that would be my favorite, like, two things. Well, it's a tie because I also made the, um, Oh man. It's hard, it's hard to 
does all the time in the week. Oh my gosh, you really, really, really deserve your own show on TV because I want to see all of this. <laughs> I need to know about it all. That sounds amazing. I keep getting pictures of crab legs mm -hmm, with um, like a good steak. Yeah. Right, I don't need much. No, no, no. Maybe you know, if you want to, if you have to throw a vegetable in there, give me some green beans or um, maybe some asparagus. Yeah, I love Brussels sprouts. Though. I cannot stand Brussels sprouts. I didn't like them as a kid, and now I love them. Everyone tells me, like every time I have, I try Brussels sprouts. Everyone tells me, oh, it's just you haven't found somebody who makes them right yet. And, and I'm like, okay. trying and you know I, I feel like that's one that it's like I guess I will keep trying till I find some that I do like but uh, because I do I love cabbage but um, yeah I have not not found the one yet <laughs> um, so you were also telling us about your certification class that you started congratulations I know that's got to be uh, that is a huge hurdle and accomplishment and all of that. Yeah, like it was it was really cool. Um, I actually had applied like a year or two ago to be an instructor for middle school and just for any type of cannabis education and I never heard back from them and then like randomly the school owner DM me, not even knowing that I had applied before. <laughs> Specifically wanting to know if I was interested in creating uh, cannabis culinary curriculum. So I thought that was a, such a crazy full circle uh, moment. Like I said, it takes you 10 years to be over that. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, you know, it, was, it was really interesting. I already had, and I still have, of course, like the home is the way I put it, like on Teachable, uh, just for people who like want to learn for themselves. The course through Mitchell School is a specific, you know, uh, certification course for those who want to be cannabis edible as a career. So if you want to, you know, work in maybe a cannabis kitchen or um, specifically if you are already like a, in the food industry or a chef or something like that and you want to pivot to cannabis or you want to own and like start a cannabis edible company, if that's really what the course is geared for, uh, I just explain it to people as like I give you my six years of cannabis experience combined with my four-year accounting and finance degree and my 10 years of experience being an entrepreneur uh, in and out of the food industry, and it's all combined in this four-week course um, that you get certified. So it really is about the business side of the cannabis edible. That's awesome. And it's just learning how to infuse, <laughs> so that's important. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's just like 
so much information, so much knowledge, and like, I feel like I was like, she's even better than I thought. Like, she does, she does even more than I thought. It's just crazy. It's great. Um, I have so many jobs I don't remember them all. Somebody says it, I'm like, oh yeah. Yep, I do that. That's cool. Um, so. Do you have any tips for um, what would what would your tips be for anyone who's trying to get into professional edible making or cooking? Um, and what tips would you have for the at home edible entrepreneur? Um, I mean, for, for both, the first is actually learning how to make Yeah, no, I think that's really good advice. I think that um, s- starting with with what you already know and what you're already, like, starting with your strengths and then going from there is always going to be the quickest, and when I say quick, 
I don't mean, like she said, overnight celebrity takes 10 years. I don't mean quick. But the fastest way to get you to that overnight 10-year celebrity is going to be starting with what your strengths already are. And um, and then going from there and figure out how you can find where you fit into this cannabis industry. Because there's room. There's, there's room for yeah. us all. And uh, we just oh, yeah. we just got to figure out where we fit in. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's another thing, too. Is like, I, mean, I always say, like, we don't need another gummy. But if, that, if you want to make gummies, do you? You know what? Because one person can't sell to everybody. The cannibal's edible business is projected to be a $4.1 billion business by 2024. So there's room for everybody. It's a brand new industry. Um, and we're not even national yet. So, uh, just, yeah, get in there. And learn from people who have been successful in some right already um, and then add your own sauce to it. Like take, take bits and pieces from everybody who, who you like what they do and then add your own spice to it. And, you know, don't don't duplicate. It's fine to be inspired, but don't copycat other people and what they're doing. Um, and, and you'll really find your space. Also, I would just say, especially now we're in the land and the world of clubhouse, it's like, make sure your people got receipts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because in certain cases, everybody's a millionaire. Everybody's an expert. And some people can talk a good talk, but like, do they have receipts? Mm-hmm. So when they say they've done A, B, or C, or they've been in the industry since A, B, or C, like, can you Google them? You know what I'm saying? Like, what comes up if you look into the things that they're saying and they don't have a social presence? Like, how can they help you? But don't, you know, just be really careful. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I look at outside of the industry. Like, I look at Dr. Sadie, I look at Oprah Winfrey, I look at Jay-Z. Um, those are some of my biggest inspirations, and I look at how they have made their own self-made success, and then I reverse engineer it for what makes sense for me. So I just think the same thing applies. So, you know, looking at what space you want to be in and who's been successful in it um, in a way that you want to be, and then see what they've done, and then add your own thoughts to it. Yeah. I think that's a recipe for success. <laughs> Did you like that? That's true. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> I like that. Um, <clears throat> so speaking of some of your your entrepreneurial, um, what are they called? I'm missing the word again. Never. No, like the people you look up to. Uh, Role models, you know, I feel like you just, I feel like you just understand me because I, this is like the third time that I couldn't think of a word and I give you like the description and you're like, oh, bam. <laughs> yes. I need one of those. I tell people that all the time because I'm like, I know what I'm trying to say, but I can never really think of the actual word for that. Um. Yes, so uh, some of your entrepreneurial uh... Thank you. Oh my god, damn it! I forgot the word! Oh my gosh. You see why I only take one pill? You see why I only take one? Because you are having short-term memory I was like, and I'm not going to ask. I refuse to ask again. Uh, yes, role models. Who are your who are your culinary 
are bakery uh, role models? Um, hmm. Or better yet? Probably, I would say Rachel Ray. I consider myself kind of a mix of like if Rachel Ray and Oprah had a baby. <laughs> when it comes to like, you know, my, my TV, edibles, culinary persona. It's because like, I find Rachel Ray to be very approachable. She's even adorable. Like, she's down to earth. Somebody's house, you want to go over and have dinner, like a dinner party and game night. And I think, so for me, she is an inspiration, especially because I couldn't tell you if Rachel Ray was telling if was classically trained as a chef or not. It doesn't matter. I think you care more about her personality and that her food is being approachable and easy to duplicate. Um, so she makes you feel comfortable. So I think that um, she's probably my big inspiration from that perspective. Yeah, I love that. And she's also very um, organic, like. Mm. Like, like you said, like I don't make I make things from scratch. She makes mm-hmm. things from scratch, um, or at least I think so because really I'm actually getting that from her dog food commercials, and so <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, watch. I don't know. Her, it's funny because her dog food, like I buy my dogs like the really bougie, like expensive dog food. So like if I run out and I don't want to go to Costco, I will buy Rachel Ray. And like, it used to be fine, but like the last time I bought my dog, I'm sick. And I was like, oh, they just changed the recipe. Uh oh. Rachel, uh uh-uh. uh. Uh oh. <laughs> so, See? That's a whole other story. <laughs> Look at that. See, and I automatically thought because the dog food was so organic that her food be so organic, but now we got to question everything. Well, that's such is life. Um, what about the, the cooking shows or the baking shows? Because, you know, there's like, 7,500, there's a Whole Food Network. And then Netflix in and of itself has 7,500 baking slash cooking shows, even a few cannabis cooking shows. Um, yeah. So if you had to pick a, a, a few of those, which ones are the ones that you watch? Um, so I watch them all because obviously it's my space. So I get really excited whenever I see cannabis edible content. It hits the main stage. But um, so far, I'm not really been impressed with like any other ways in which the direction they went with the production except long appetite on vice like i really enjoy that uh, because they have they approach it from different perspectives like the one guy who's like the main host more like from the stoner community you can tell and then like the homegirl is like a chef and then rye is like i think his like cat name online is like cannabis encyclopedia or something like that and he really knows his shit about like terpenes and cannabinoid profiles and stuff like that so I think it's just a great way they put it together where you learn about like it's a dinner party at the end of it all like they take you through the journey of like what's going into it and why and why it complements you know certain types of food and obviously they then they have a big ass dinner party <laughs> and they get high in that kind of thing um, so I'm my favorite so far, other than my own show. Boom. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I've only watched like one or two episodes of Bong Appetit. Um, and it was like when it first came out. Because I, I, I can picture the episode in my head. But I have no idea what they're eating. Um, 
and I remember thinking like I liked it for the same reason like it felt like a whole experience and a whole story versus just like a competition um and so I really like that about it um and I haven't watched the one on Netflix but from what I heard from other people who have watched it is that it wasn't that great it wasn't that no it wasn't entertaining and I'm not I mean watch um and I mean like in the early days not so much I feel like it's so long um Iron Chef oh yeah when I was a kid I yes I used to love and it, it I mean it's just I think it's still on um I think oh so I don't know but I know I see I see it on the tv but I don't know if those are reruns or anything but it got very much um an updated version like it did move along I guess with the times but I didn't like it I like the original version when I was little and I would watch it. Um, it. Used to be my absolute favorite show on the Food Network, and yeah. it was amazing. It was amazing, and that was probably the only real food competition show that I actually like intrigued me. Everything else was just like, oh, get to the end. I just want to know what you're making. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, how long have you done the food dance? My whole life. <laughs> <laughs> my whole life on TV, I was the only thing in the TV too. Um, only because I, I was doing it subconsciously and my mom has, she, my mom's so funny. She watches every episode. She is the biggest fan of dancer. And she don't even, like, That's awesome. 
it made me feel like you said it made me feel like okay i'm not the only one my family's not the only one that is i i don't do the food dance when i'm actually eating most of for me it's most of the time like leading up like oh yeah <laughs> we're almost there <laughs> and then when i'm eating i'm focused i'm eating <laughs> like I, nothing else is moving but my hands and my mouth <laughs> um but yeah, but I was like, yes, I love this. And I understand. I understand what it means. Okay, so let's uh, let's wrap up this smoke session. It's been such an amazing time. I've, had, I've learned so much. Um, I've had so much fun. Um, before we go, we always end the show um, with a random ass question from the... <laughs> From the random ass question list, because you know what is highness without random ass thoughts. So, uh, right. <laughs> so I have a list of questions. They're okay. numbered uh, four through twenty. So go ahead and pick a number, and I'll ask you that question. Eleven. Describe your perfect day. D a t e or d a y. Uh, d a t e. I think I'm going to add D-A-Y as in the question. <laughs> oh, perfect date. Okay, so I like dates where that are like what I like experiential. I don't really like dates that don't allow you to get, get to know the person and spend any quality time. So like I know like the movies and stuff like that is like normal, but like you don't talk in a movie yeah. at all. So I like stuff that's like adventurous or different like me and my husband went axe throwing on our last date uh for the first time you did uh, what <laughs> I that, okay I, that's right it gives a little bit more contact <laughs> that, that does give yeah, a little yeah, bit I more live, when i say georgia i don't live in Atlanta. i live up in our neighborhood i live in the country <laughs> um, but yeah we, it was so it was so fun like, we were just like really skeptical like this is so country but it was fun. I guess, I mean, I think I'm the person who would probably like like archery, you know, get my catnip on or something like that. And it was like that, like you had like a drill guy that you had like try to throw it and like hit two times. So it was really fun. So I like dates that are either in Mason. There's always got to be food. If we don't, it's not safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it definitely comes from like this experience. It could, just, it could be bowling or top golf or. to go axe throwing <laughs> for a date. <laughs> um, but you know what? Um, the archery thing, though, I have always, like, they had archery classes when I went to community college. And I always wanted to try it. I was like, I don't know why. I just feel like, you know, trying to shoot a bow and arrow would be really fun. Um, so that makes me like, okay, I guess I can understand how you get from there to going axe. Um, and why that would be fun. 
Um, but that really was. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with what you said. Like when you when you get to do something new with somebody like that neither of you has experienced before, it does create that memory and that's something that you guys can share, you know, together forever. Yeah. Uh, I think that's great. I think that's a, a good uh, date. Go do something you've never done and then food. Or gotta eat. Yeah. Yeah, or else it's not a date. date. It wasn't. (laughs) It does not count. We just went and did something. (laughs) Oh, that is hilarious. Um, all right. So I think that wraps up this another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. Um, I've had such a fun time. I think you're such an awesome person. And yeah. yeah, I think you're a great human and that can cook is makes you even better. <laughs> like who doesn't like somebody who can cook? Um with a friend who shares food is a friend forever. Right. Um <laughs> oh you know what else would probably be bomb? And I, I don't know if this is on your channel or not. Some like Alfredo sauce. Um I don't I don't know if I've added I've ever made it. I love Alfredo sauce. <laughs> My favorite <laughs> sauce. So, if you ever make something with Alfredo sauce, I need you to let me know when that video is posted because I that that I will try. Yeah, because I need some help. Um, I know what I wanted to ask you earlier. <laughs> Took me so long to remember. Um, so like, could you talk about infusing things a lot? So in your your classes, are you teaching like how you go from plant to oil, or you know whatever medium? We go all the way through the process, and that's either in the the home course or the professional course. Um, We talk, we go from the bottom up. So you learn how to decarb weed, which is if you don't know what that is, that's a short term for decarboxylation, which is a um, chemical process where TH. CA converts to THC and becomes psychoactive. So you have to do that. So teach you how to do that, how long and what temperature, and then um, all the infusion methods, like how long and what temperature to make um, oil, butter, uh, tincture, milk, egg, you know, the egg, Jesus, uh, milk, and stuff like that. And then we go into like advanced infusion. But I feel like basics, like um, dry rub, how to make um, sauces like mayonnaise, stuff like that, that would still be kind of like pantry basics, but a little bit more advanced. Yeah, that's awesome because that's, especially for the, the, the at-home class, because like you said, having to, or being able to make it yourself instead of having to go buy all this stuff, I'm sure that probably saves a little bit of money in the pocket. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that stuff ain't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to give the the people's your info, your contact info. Where can they find you? Uh, where can they find your your show? Where can they find your classes? Yeah. All that. Okay, and that's why I like I have thousand jobs. You okay, do, so you do. We'll start with <laughs> we'll start with the show. Let's see, Clash Peanut Monsters. Okay, and Um, and then you'll see my, my love with the pictures. <laughs> 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 and 
that already there for you to watch. Um, it's the easiest way to keep up with all that stuff is my Instagram because I post about everything. So the books, recipes, you know, new things I'm playing with, episodes, uh, even my uh, other business, which is my um, herbalism and you know, medical herbalism business, I sell herbal remedies. All that stuff you can find on my Instagram. Um, and it's nine and slash, so it's D-I-N-E underscore A-N-D underscore slash. Um, that is my ad name from back when I was only doing sports photography. So some people are like, what does that have to do with cannabis? Well, I was on Instagram waiting for cannabis. <laughs> so, um, it's the play on like the term nine and dash, um, and it's nine and slash. That actually makes uh, so much more sense. I get it now. <laughs> yes. So, like, it's all my OGs who've been with me for a long time, they know time and class. The people who, like, just found me out of their life, they never got to do anything. So, I think they get your name to be like, I, I know, like, all the other people are like, Canna Queen, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a multi-basket human being. I do it all. Okay. It's not just Canna Queen. I do it all. multifaceted superstar I am going to include all of that information in the show notes in case you guys did not get it because there was a lot you got a lot of ways to contact her which means contact her and 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 let her know what you think about her recipes join a class or two uh comment rate subscribe just like oh yeah and if you have questions about the actual certification course my email for the school is kmoffit at mitchell.education there you go. And um, we're also going to ask you to comment, rate, subscribe, and talk to us. You're on Bluntly Black Girls. You can follow yes, us yes. on IG at Bluntly Black Girls and Twitter at Bluntly BLK Girls. Um, let us know what you think about the episode. What recipe would you have Kina make for your dinner party? That's what I want. Oh, yes. I know that. What would y'all have Kina make for your dinner party? That's what we're asking. Um, I think that's it. I think we're good. I think we're done. I'm going to go eat. And you're probably going to go cook. cook. <laughs> yes. All this black girl magic in Canada. Right. So we're going to sign off, say smoke a blunt, drink your water, and fuck what anyone else got to say about being a bluntly black girl. Period. Yeah. <laughs>